Welcome to the Film Gods podcast, everyone. This episode, I want to let you know about a great man who is feeding our doctors and nurses. Philip Juma, head chef and founder of Juma Kitchen, didn't want to put his incredible skills of making delicious food, and I've tasted it, it's amazing, to waste during lockdown. So when Borough Market closed its doors, he took it upon himself to feed our NHS staff. He's single-handedly making hundreds of meals for them every week. And if you want to help feed our heroes, go to Juma kitchen.com yeah i'm saying it again that's jumakitchen.com and donate let's clap them on the thursday and feed them on a friday massive love and respect going out for juma kitchen let's get started hola film family i'm isusko your host aka the time scheduler Welcome to the Film Gods podcast, which is a chat with the best of the UK film crew who make all of those beautiful moving images you watch every day. I want to give a special thanks to Island Studios for the recording space. Thank you, Mark, Mitch, Pauline and the whole team. And wherever you're listening, I hope you enjoy. Big love. So, hi, film family. Um, with the COVID-19 madness that's happening, I'm kind of branching out. So instead of it just being film crew, and we're going to start touching out to kind of ad agencies and post-production world. And I'm privileged to have our first global Zoom chat. Big up. Um, so tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you do and who you work for. Yep. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Gregson. Uh, I am a general manager slash producer at Space 66 Australia. Uh, we are a, a, I guess, a network of, of studios, digital studios, um, originally based in London. We branched out to New York and we're now, um, we're now in Australia, Sydney, where I'm currently sat. Um, so yeah, been in the industry now for about 10 years, give or take. Um, and I actually came out from the London office where I was head of production and then for a short period managing director to set up uh, the studio over here and um, yeah very very pleased to be with you and talking to us as well. So um, what's the route in then? Well how do you how do you do it? Do you kind of do you have to do a degree in what you do and you know just tell us how you got to where you are? Yeah interesting routine for myself actually um, and it's one I often don't get a chance to talk about much, but I came in um, fairly late to a lot of a lot of people around me. Um, what what I does that just, mean in age in age group? Is that what's so like? in age group? I was probably uh, let's see, I was probably twenty five, twenty six, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit later actually, maybe yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. Um, because like many people, I didn't know what I wanted to do after university. You know, I really didn't. I, my dad was in the industry. He was an ad man. He was in the, the ad agency world during its heyday, um, as an account manager, you know, kind of just after the Mad Men season six or seven, probably. (laughs) But, um, he, he was quite disgruntled at the industry because he had reached the end of his, you know, the age group now is even younger as well. So he got quite lucky in that he reached about 50, 55 before they started looking at him like, you're ancient, you're a fossil, get out of here. Wow. Um, and um, he said, Chris, you don't want to get into the advertising industry. You know, it's full of snakes. 
do something you really enjoy. And the only thing I knew that I loved was, was building and construction because of some part-time jobs I'd had up to that point. So I joined uh, Lang O'Rourke's graduate program as a geography student from university. Love it. Um, they quickly decided after about three years that they were never going to let non-engineers onto their grad scheme as well. So I was there just at a time where they decided to broaden their horizon as a construction giant, you know, and, and not just recruit engineers from university. Let's bring in, let's bring in some geography students as well and see what happens. <laughs> it didn't go well, and I proved that. But it was it was a bit similar to now in that I was there during a recession. I was sent up to Liverpool to work to begin with about two years in, up from London, um, which I loved. And then they moved me to Barnsley, and I didn't like that working away from home. Next, if I wanted to keep my job, it would have been Dubai. Yeah. And I didn't fancy that. So my dad, after about three or four years there, said, you know what? I reckon you'd really enjoy advertising. So um, <laughs> he kind change of changed his tune yeah. completely. You know, hindsight, he chilled out a bit. Um, but it was interesting. He, um, he walled me up to it again. And I just started reaching out to anyone I knew. Um, I actually took two weeks off work. And went down to London from where I was boarding in Leeds and working in Barnsley. And I worked for two weeks um, as an intern, really, um, account, an old account manager, an old creative director, in fact, that my dad had worked with, Jamie Colonna. He still works in the industry. Um, he brought me in and I basically mirrored uh, an account manager um, who's gone on to real successful things. She was awesome. Um, and I just worked as hard as I could. And I think the fact I was willing to do that while I had a paid job had come down from up north. Mm. You know, people want to help you out. You know, if you're a little bit street smart, a little bit older, should we say, than maybe, you know, a 19-year-old that clearly doesn't want to be there, sat in an agency, mm. um, showed willing. And um, I had that two weeks, and that was that was enough to then blag my way into an actual job. And I, I literally lied my way into a job. And I, I still work for the same company that, that gave me that break. So it was, um, I think, yeah, thinking back, I, um, I probably said that those two weeks were in fact maybe six months. Um, but that really didn't matter. The guy I met, John Wiltshire, who's the owner of Space 66 and a number of other companies, um, you know, uh, Addictive Pixel and Pool Group. Um, he, he brought me in as an assistant producer working okay. with um, Katie Farmer. Um, so she was, she was a, a friend of mine. She said, you need to meet John. I need an assistant producer. Can you come in? Went over to Bartle, Vogel and Hegarty um bbh london uh, mm. just off carnaby street met with john it was basically just a chemistry meeting he wanted to know that you know i was going to work hard katie had vouched for me um and I, I i got that across in the space of about 10 minutes it was it was perfect but what happened is i was completely sold into the dream straight away because mm. i walked into this ad agency where everybody was young Everybody was beautiful. There was table tennis going on in the corner. No one was working. And I couldn't believe it. You know, it was, it was everything I, I wanted it to be. Yeah. And they had all these great clients, Audi, Johnny Walker, 
uh, Weetabix, British Airways, Barclays. Um, and I just decided that's what I wanted to do. Like it was, it was a, a real booming time for advertising, in particular for this agency. Mm. Um, Bartle, Bogle, Hegarty were about to win Agency of the Year, which is a huge thing, um, particularly if, you know, it's the agency office that you're in. So it was Agency of the Year isn't just the global group BBH, it was BBH London. Um, so they were winning loads of clients as a result because you're almost only as good as your, your awards in, in, in the field. Um, so that was a really cool time. I was sold in on it and I basically just worked my way up. I, I worked really hard and I think... How'd you start? The, um, Where'd you start off? Or did you just coming in as an assistant producer? Do you, do you have to have got some sort of base knowledge to do the job or what, did you just have enough kind of confidence that you could just get through it? Yeah, it's it, it, it was partly confidence. Um, it was partly uh, project management skills, I would say, are the most important thing. And a big part of kind of talking my way in, I guess, was saying I've been a project manager in everything I've done in terms of managing myself uh, on this graduate program that I was on. You know, whilst I was on site and I was a, I'd been a procurement manager, I call myself, that's basically project management. They don't know what procurement managers do on a construction site. Mm. Ultimately, whatever you're doing, you're managing some kind of project. You know, you've got to get into work and you're responsible for something and seeing it through. Mm. So it was essentially that, but, but on a, you know, on a crazy scale that I wasn't used to. So the team that we had and still have, you know, is might be 10 to 20 designers you know on the tools glued to a screen generally using photoshop and maybe illustrator and other adobe suite uh, software an animator might be sat next to them chopping up video making animations uh, using after effects and other tools next to them might be a developer that's coding um, coding animations or coding websites the team is having to be cohesive and work together and i'm running around as a assistant project manager or studio manager, just making sure that I'm feeding back the client's wishes, what they want, helping brief it in to, mm. to the team, to put everything in layman's terms, to simplify everything, and to relay that back from the designer, from the animator, from the developer. And we were doing that in-house at BBH, so we were a separate company, but we had a, a production team that occupied a third of one of the floors in the building and it was a in-house external production specialist that they could use so you you imagine it uh, an ad agency is typically made up of uh, specific roles right you've got a creative partnership who might be coming up with the idea and that would be an art director and a copywriter um, they will report into the overriding creative director so uh, executive creative director an ecd um that's your don draper essentially so don draper from uh, from mad men of course will have some creative directors under him generally that would maybe have an office you know and they might be responsible for two clients let's say it's audi and it's weetabix under that team that creative director um will have uh, a, we'll have a series of uh, a layer of art directors, 
and copywriters that report into him or her yeah so they go around and choose and generally you know they're always in the in the agency 24 hours a day <laughs> generally they're quite young they work really hard um they're often great people great to have a beer with you know great copywriters they come from any manner of backgrounds a lot of them might do a bit of stand-up on the side you know so there's okay. there's these awesome characters wandering around the agency that i'm suddenly exposed to that um are really great to chat to that work really hard and um often think that they're the only ones that work hard as well but that's the creative department they're running around in the ad agency as well is project managers or some agencies call them producers who manage the workflow then there's account managers and then essentially there's strategists they're so, the, they're the key Go on. yeah i was just going to say on that the only ones that say the producers account managers and strategists they're like the they're like the 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 people that organize the con you know do they direct are they talking straight to client or are they how how does how does it not all just kind of everyone's hitting does everyone just have specific roles that they just have to do then yeah, it's funny. I guess a good way to think about it is the life cycle of a project, right, from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So the strategy department um, work very early on defining a brand's strategy, how they're going to sell shitloads of their product or their service. Mm -hmm. So often the strategist only gets involved at a very early stage upstream, often when you pitch to a client. So agencies will spend millions sometimes trying to pitch to win a new client because once they win that client they generally retain that client for x number of years mm. and will produce shit loads of campaigns for them and generate lots of money from for them and from them mm. um so the strategy will be involved at that at that early period winning the client does that mean how, also how do they does a creative come in and is the strategy quite a creative process <clears throat> or is it just about numbers and figures how do you like how do you pitch to a client you pitch to a client, good question, you pitch to a client essentially um, by proving market knowledge. Okay. Um, that's definitely where the strategy uh, person comes in. There okay, so it's like you have 30% you have of this market, but that we think that the, you know, say if it is for Audi, there are other car brands, but <clears throat> say for Audi, you know, the electric car market in 30 years time will be worth 90% of that. So it's just about numbers and figures and future projections. It is exactly that, but they will work very closely with the, with the creatives in. Okay. So they're defining that. Yeah. There's a gap in the market. Mm -hmm. um, we know that 24 to 30 year olds are going to be buying your product in five years time. So we're going to go after them. We know that they're most active in these channels. Facebook, Snapchat, let's say, um, and our creative know-how um, is to target them with this kind of creative messaging. Mm. And this is why that works. And over to my creative director to sell you in on the dream. And they maybe start presenting on, um, on big artboards that you might fill the room, the pitch room with, um, literally scamps or... Uh, illustrations and very lo-fi mock-ups of of the ads and what they might look like and generally you'll show them 
animations, you'll show them videos, you'll show them, um, you know, montages or hype reels of what good looks like. So it might be examples that are cut together um, of what the competition are doing, or it might be, we need to be different to the competition. We need to think more like Uber and less like um, Volkswagen. You know, we need to, we, need, we, we consider ourselves Spotify rather than Audi. You know, we're a tech leader and here's why. Mm. So you sell in on the dream and you do that with numbers, with the strategists, and you do that with uh, creative and, and, and art with the, with the creative teams. Um, the, the art director and the copywriter, slightly for, uh, lower down on the food chain, uh, wouldn't generally come into those top level meetings but one of the problems with uh, the big agencies is as soon as they win the client, the ones with the big cars never see their client again. And uh, the, yeah, lower down the food chain suddenly becomes the, the, uh, the go-to. The day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you, you start working. The longer you uh, work with an agency, the more junior the teams you're working with probably get. <laughs> That's why they get fed up and go out to market and pitch. Yeah, yeah. And um, they sound like they take a lot of time to kind of put together. Is it like a, is there a time frame that you know someone will go, right, we want to pitch to X, Y, and Z company. You've got three months. Give me a great pitch. Or is it like, fuck, it's happening next week? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a bit of both. It all depends. So it's interesting. In the UK, my experience was very much, we know there's a pitch coming up in four weeks. We're going to work our fingers to the bone for three weeks. And then we're going to live in the office, the agency, for 24 hours a day for the last week, producing work. Over here, I guess the pool, the, the market we're in is very different. A pitch might not even involve face to face. It might be for a project. So mm. over here, I've noticed that there's no, um, there's no solidarity or what's the word? There's... Agencies are being dropped here all the time by mm. brands. You know, you don't. There's no loyalty. You know, yeah. um, it it will literally be sometimes be campaign to campaign rather than that three year lifespan with a brand whereby an agency wins the work and they know they're going to work for that client for long enough to get under the hood, under the skin, and have ups and downs. You mm. know, not every campaign is going to be successful. Um, but going back to the bigger pitches, absolutely, they, they spend a huge amount of money doing it. There's stories of, you know, I've, I've heard stories from my old man and from people I've worked with of agencies. Let me think of some examples that I saw. We had, um, we, we were presenting, we were pitching to BBC um, mm. at a time where Strictly Come Dancing was massive. Yeah. BBC, big account. Um, they were coming into BBH. It was the final pitch, probably one of the third of maybe three. Mm. So, you know, often they start and they might want to speak to 10 different agencies. They put a brief out. They, they have a look at what comes in and maybe say, right, we're going to see six of these face to face. They go in first pitch. Often it's called a tissue meeting. Um, do they use that? You know that one? It's a no, tissue they're... meeting. I'm not sure why. It's... Um, Sometimes there's a chemistry meeting, then there's a tissue meeting. I'd love to know why it's called that, actually. 
Um, and then it's like the full flex, full funk meeting, the, the, the pitch. This was the full pitch, so they were hopeful. They probably knew that there was maybe three other big agencies that were in the runnings for this. Yeah. Uh, preferred bidders, they're sometimes called. So they come in. The agency was like four or five stories, but it had this big atrium in the middle. Mm. And everyone in the agency had been taught this like strictly come dancing dance move. So you had a partner. <laughs> you had a partner. And um, it, 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 by the way, there's a lot of creative people in an ad agency yeah, that yeah. have great taste, particularly good agencies. So it sounds cheesy, but it was yeah. done well. But can they I mean? dance? That's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. Can they dance? Um, so th the clients walk in, they come out of the lift, and comes on, boom, like really loud, and everybody's dancing. Amazing. <laughs> you know? So that's like that was one. There's countless. There was. Um, I guess it's trying to show that if you can be that creative with winning a pitch, then they're like, if they're going this big exactly then they're gonna you know what are they gonna do for us on a day-to-day -day? exactly yeah, nice. that's what you're doing you're selling the dream this is what we can do the other one i'll tell super quick which i just know from second hand is going back to maybe the 80s um maybe even a little bit earlier than that but let's say it was the 80s it was for british airways and they went to one of the big agencies let's say it was publicists leo burnett maybe and um, they walked into the office and um, they said, okay, so one of the problems agencies often have is they can't have two clients from the same pond. So okay. if you work for Virgin Media, um, you, you know, it, bad example. If you work for Qantas, you can't work for Virgin Australia at the same time, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so these guys had some form of problem with that but let's say BA walk in and they said to them uh, where's where's our team based because often they say who's going to be working for us day to day and where are they based in the building because some of our team are probably gonna have to move into the agency you're gonna work that closely yeah. and they were so sure that they were gonna win the, the client at that point they said look across the road and they looked through the window and across the road was a whole office fitted office that had been branded down to the carpet color and branded and painted in BA colors. And they said, basically, we're so sure we're going to win this. We've got the office ready and it's fully fitted and it's wow. you know, branded. That's, wow. that, that's when they were making way too much money. Back then. <laughs> but that's like a game you know, of poker. You're like, you know, you're just crazy. Yeah. You're going all in. Exactly. It is. And I think I, I was born in the wrong decade because now... I'm hustling to make <laughs> to make a thousand bucks. Like we've got you, you know, we've got dollars over here, and it's so much harder to make money now. Mm. Um, just talking to my dad recently about um, the fee structure, you know, how agencies now charge clients for services. Um, there's a kind of trilogy um, within a basic trilogy that used to be true within advertising. And it's like the client, the ad agency, the creative agency and the media agency. And now the, the lines are totally blurred between all of those in that you've got brands, clients that are saying, we've got a creative department. 
we can do a better job than the agency. We'll come up with the ideas and we've got designers and we've got animators and directors. We can create the content. Why not? Um, media agencies would buy the, buy the media space and amplify the creative, the, the ads. Mm. Um, now you've got, you know, conglomerates, you've got giant agencies that have both media and advertising, creative services under one roof. Um, so there's blurred lines and it's fierce competition and you know we're dealing with there's there's this is why space 66 our company can can do quite well we've got the the background and the know-how and the knowledge with big brands mm. but we've got the agility and um, I guess the, the uh, we, we don't carry the huge overheads is one thing mm. uh, that the big agencies have but we're nimble, we're agile, and we can turn our hand to quite a few of the new kind of bootstrapping techniques yeah. that everyone can use to create ads for creative. You know, it's not just, you know, you, you don't have to study for 10 years um, or for five years to know how to run, to know how to retouch and design an ad, you know, from, or, or concept an idea and see it through. Because you can practically do it on your PlayStation now. You know, it's like making music. Everything's become more accessible. And as such, um, bootstrapping is a large part of what everyone needs to do, um, which is great for people coming into the industry. You know, yeah, I was going to really say, is. for those people coming in, where, you know, <clears throat> if, if they just love the idea of making ideas and coming up with ideas, what's the route in what should they be looking to do what kind of things should they be should they just ingest as much advertising as possible or are there books that they can read are there things that they should do yes a good question i think um my kind of advice would be first of all if i could turn back the clocks and talk to myself i would i probably wouldn't change anything you know i like the fact that i tried a different industry and have some background in another industry because in in advertising and creative services you're always going to be working with an end client you know who's from a completely different walk of life mm. and doesn't understand your terminology and you need to be able to put yourself in their shoes from a business perspective yeah. to understand it i almost wish i had more of that mm. um from a, a creative perspective you know I, i'm a producer ultimately so i need to understand how to run the tools and um and edit videos and use after effects and you know all those all that code and all that kind of stuff but i need to know the basics of it and i've acquired that over time um there's so much you can do to upskill yourself in all of that through youtube and that's actually where you can have a lot of fun so if i was going to you know the majority of the people that we employ or that work for us as freelancers are creative types you know they're they're not producers i'm managing them maybe but they're designers animators often they do both hmm. um or they're or they're developers you know if that's what you want to do then immerse yourself in it use youtube you know start creating content whatever it may be, whatever you're interested in, just start, you know, it's like, you know, when you're younger and you're, we used to play around with, with VHS and creating videos, you know, mm. that was something you were into, you would get pretty good at it. And often that's where you would end up. Now, 
and I, I do it myself. I still do it myself. I still watch, you know, YouTube tutorials on Photoshop. If I get some feedback from a client and I don't have a designer available there and then, and I don't quite know how to depatch uh, an image or retouch an image or whatever it may be, I quickly go to YouTube, type it in. I can find a tutorial on how it how it's done. It might take two minutes. Suddenly, I've acquired that quick skill. And over the years, I've just built up knowledge on basic knowledge on After Effects, basic uh, Adobe Premiere. You know, not bad on Photoshop. A little bit of coding. I could build you a very simple WordPress site because you can do that without any code whatsoever. Mm. You know, so understanding how uh, Squarespace works or, you know, some of the WordPress plugins work, trial and error. Um, I think getting some experience is the interesting part. You know, how do you do that? You know, if I was, if I was um, trying to start out again and I didn't know Katie Farmer and I didn't, my dad didn't work in the industry and know Jamie Colonna, I would be looking at LinkedIn and I would be looking at agencies. Nice. I'd, I'd Google, you know, top agencies to work at. You've got agencies as well. Uh, you've got advertising agencies and you've got production houses. Space 66 are pretty much a production house, meaning that agencies will brief us in or a, a brand would only brief us in if they've already got the idea. You know, we don't have the... Um, the creative directors or the strategists that I was talking about before. Mm. So if you just want to get on the tools and you want to work in a smaller crew and you want to, you know, have a bit more, I mean, agencies would tell you that they have more fun. Production companies would tell you that they have more fun. But I think I love the production company because you get, you get to interact with everyone. And I like, I like being in the trenches and actually, you know, the, 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 the kind of the production, seeing something from start to finish. I love that stuff. I don't like, you know, all the airy fairy farts and smoke and mirrors that selling into a brand, you have to go through all kinds of branding and stuff. We don't do a lot of branding, but um, I would recommend using LinkedIn ultimately. And who should they be hitting up? The receptionist, uh, an account manager, or just anyone that they know? I think it's um, it depends on what you're on what you want to do, and if you don't know what you want to do, hit up the receptionist. You know, it's nothing speaks as loudly as a face to face. So do whatever you can to get a face to face. You know, if you can if you can send a letter, I w- I always recommend writing a letter or sending a print out because no one ever does that. So if you can literally print out a letter and send that to anyone, you know, chances are they're going to read it and they're going to think this, this really stands out. That's one way you can do it. If you want to get into a big agency and get some big brand experience, there will be a department that particular, you know, that deal with uh, people like this In, in BBH. They had a scheme that was called the barn BBH barn. And at any point, they will have maybe five uh, creative pairs that have come in. They work for free. They get great exposure to all the brands under the agency. They practically live there. They meet, you know, they, they, they do a really good job of, of um, acquiring these um, 
duos. Sometimes they're fresh out of uni, often they're not. They're just, you know, they've just worked their way in. So that's one way of doing it. Um, but yeah, I think um, the power of LinkedIn is great. It's great for finding new business, but it's great for finding a job as well. If you want to get into client services, so you're not necessarily creative, but you want to manage the client relationship, then find yourself an account director. I think okay. it's always good to find yourself. Don't, don't look for an account exec or account manager because they'll probably look at you as competition and just think, I'm too busy to talk to you. If you go account director, they should have a bit more time on their hands. Um, if you can find a way to strike a chord with them, do it, you know, be creative. If you're trying to get into the creative department, be as creative as you can in, in, in how you show your services. But put some time, it's pretty simple, put some time into it. You know, if you're, you know, that's why the letter's good, it's different. You know, don't just create a, a send a word doc, you know, with what you've been doing with, with yourself for the last X number of years. Mm. Create a website, it's so easy to do that. Create a, a Facebook page, you know, create, create something that's within one of those channels that, you know, brands, advertising agencies are telling brands to, to, to use, to, to sell. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend doing that. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny. You, you hear all kinds of stories of, of roots in, um, but I think if you can strike a chord with, with someone, um, then, then do it. Yeah. You, you hear stories of people waiting outside offices, agencies, don't you? And knocking on doors and, all the rest of it but um my route in luckily was yeah was was through was through knowing someone nice all amazing stuff there because i don't from a crew perspective linkedin doesn't really it's not something that i'd ever say to a runner oh yeah go into linkedin because it's all about facebook it's all about as you said trying to be creative with a cv instead of just sending a word doc yeah your advice to your younger self then if you were to kind of give yourself a couple of nuggets of just things that you know now, mm. what would you, what would you be saying to the 24 year old, 25 year old Chris Gregson? I would say, um, confidence, you know, confidence is everything. And it, it, you know, I, I lacked a lot of confidence in the early days, uh, because I've, I had this, I always thought that I wasn't, you know, I always felt like I was coming into it a little bit late and that um, I didn't know as much as everyone else. And, and I, therefore, I lacked a bit of confidence to really come out of my shell. I think it took me maybe two to three years to come out of my shell once I had proved myself in the job. Hmm. Now, the, the flip side of that is that there's a good side because it meant I kept my head down and I wasn't distracted by all the cool stuff and all the drinking and all the partying that goes on in that world. Um, and I worked hard, but, um, at the same time, even in meetings, even in how I walked into the agency, how I carried myself, every conversation I had with an account manager, you know, I, I lacked confidence. And what you quickly realize is that nobody gives a shit if you don't understand a word, you know, no one gives a shit if terminology, um, is something that you're struggling with because you're new to it. Mm. I, on a daily basis, speak to clients who say, sorry, what does that mean? And it's, uh, often it's probably because they either call it something else, even if they're completely new to it. 
nobody's going to judge you on it. They will always respect the fact that you've asked the question. More importantly, when you're in production, as anyone in production will know, that's how mistakes happen if people don't ask questions. So I would say um, just be confident in my personality and, and myself um, and ask as many questions, stupid questions as possible, really. Yes. I, it was funny. I, um, I was, you know, you preempted this, obviously, sending me the, the kind of questions that we were going to go over. And you asked yeah. for uh, a store, my go-to industry story, and I couldn't really think of one. Yeah. But all I thought about was like all the stupid times where about two or three years into the, the, the job, the role, um, I kind of came out of my shower a bit and a lot, you know, going out suddenly and going drinking and doing all the things I didn't do in the early days. I met so many people, so many good people. And um, a lot of them said, God, I thought you were so quiet for the, you know, <laughs> the first couple of years yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. this absolute lunatic. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got the full so disgraced experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh my God, you are completely, you know, and that's, that's what a couple of drinks will do to you. But um, it, was, uh, it was a lack of confidence. You know, I, was, yeah. I wasn't myself. I was quiet. You know, the great thing about, the, the age, the digital age that we're in is that a lot of these terms can be looked up, you know, glossaries and tools like exactly what you're doing here and what we're talking about, you know. Um, we've got all of this at our fingertips, so we need to work hard all the time. And, you know, you, you are, I listen to podcasts when I'm on the bus. At every moment I can, you know, I'm, I'm absorbing information and, and trying to stay relevant and upskill and you know every 10 minutes there's some disruptor in our industries that comes in and it's a new better platform a new way of finding stock imagery or video or a new way of chopping up and editing on the fly or recording sound whatever it may be so keeping up to date with some of those things um, and downloading free tools where you can is um, is super important yeah I'm trying, like, for the life of me. So I started watching this from about last summer. I started watching this dude called Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, out in America. Yeah. And for the last, I don't know, four months, all he's been banging on about is TikTok. And I'm like, I just, oh, yeah. I've got, to, <laughs> I've got to just, I've got to kind of take that plunge and that kind of confidence that you're talking about. It's like having the confidence to be able to go onto these new platforms and just say what you want to say and be how you want to be. Yeah. But, I guess that could be that could be just as good a CV now as yeah as writing in a word doc as you said you know I went to this uni and I did these degrees and I got these A levels. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, TikTok is um, yeah everybody's TikToking at the moment, obviously because they're bored shitless in, in in their homes. But did you did you sign up to it? How, how's it going yeah, yeah. over there? I'm, I've I'm, I've signed up. I've put like four videos on. Just because oh, the cool. thing is, I just don't know. I'm like, I've got to figure it out because it's like you either just copy everyone kicking fucking toilet rolls, um, <laughs> or you or you start your own thing. So we'll we'll get there. I'll, I'll do these. What is it? What is it exactly? Is it one second? No, the video yeah. you can just do it. like the latest one at the minute is people changing. So there's like a song that plays. And then they're like dressed up like I am now. I've been just woken up with scaggy hair. And then they like go, boom, 
X-Men thing and then they turn into like this beautiful, well pristine. And they're just like short little videos that will hopefully just get out and get like a million, like videos get so many views that are just mm. like, then they go viral just because it's such a new platform. And anyway, he's, so I'm, I'm looking into that, but I just, you know, there's so, as you said, it's like upscaling. So for me, the whole getting into platforms and online this and online that is, is my upscaling. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah, man, yeah. It's, it's been an amazing chat and I'm, I just, I don't want to take up more of your time and I try and keep it within an hour. So we're getting close to that point. Okay. So I'll probably say, um, firstly, thank you for your time. No um, problem. And have you got any personal projects, any people, anything you kind of want to just give a shout out to before we, I, I let you go and enjoy your beer and have an evening? Yeah. Sorry. I've been, I've been drinking here cause it's, I love it. it's 6, 6 PM. Um, uh, just for the listeners. So I'm doing this in the morning. Chris is obviously in Australia and I just for, for a split sec, cause the sun, you know, I've got the sun coming up. You got the sun just blasting in and he went to take a drink and it was a Heineken. I was like, <laughs> this guy's drinking for breakfast. I was like, rudeness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is, this is the world we're in. This is it. Everything's gone to nothing. So I'm drinking as soon as I wake up. Now listen, project wise, unfortunately, and to be completely frank and honest, all the projects we're working on have completely fallen in on us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're due to the COVID crisis, obviously. Um, so everything's on hold. We've got loads of small projects that all ended. Um, the only thing I would say is it would be awesome to, if we can get some follows, we, we, in this downtime, we're trying to, we're trying to start producing content for ourselves, which we nice. never do. Um, we're working on our website. So we've just opened an Instagram, um, for the first time, uh, in Australia. So space 60 at space 66 Australia, we're going to be dishing okay. out daily, uh, industry news, you know, new releases by Facebook work that we've done how many million views a new Drake video has had, whatever we can to try and start producing some content. Nice. Um, we're going to start doing, trying to boost the SEO for our website as well. Um, and a good way of doing that is SEO Instagram. for people means what? Uh, search engine optimization. So if a prospective client or individual searches for Sydney production company, uh, digital websites, in google we want to be at the top of their list nice. within google so optimizing your website and your content in order to be as far up the rankings on google searches as possible how do you um, do that uh there's loads of ways of doing that and there's agents seo agencies millions of them out there uh, that mm -hmm. help you do that so you do it by producing uh regular and good content for your website and channels so Google awards, Google knows if a user comes to you, how long they spend on a page, where they move on your website, by that, by all of that, that movement, they know that you're producing engaging content on your site that's relevant. So if I, if I do search for a Sydney-based agency, Sydney-based advertising agency, and I go to Space 66 site, and then as a user, I spend 10 minutes on it, they know that my content's real good. I start jumping up the, the, the rankings. It used to be uh, very different to that when Google wasn't as clever. 
and you that that's when uh, websites if you remember used to have the same word repeated over and over again so it'd say we are space 66 a advertising agency in london da, 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 space 66 london da, 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 space 66 london advertising agency and there'd be these awful pages with loads and loads of words on them because Google was just trawling the internet for how many instances of that keyword there were oh, on your wow. site. Okay. And now it's, it's completely different. It's they're, they're really good at awarding you for producing cool content for having great user experience on your site. Mm. Um, if you specialize in doing that for brands, chances are you never do it for your own website, which is why our website, unfortunately, has never been that great. But um, we've <laughs> got loads on. of downtime nice. now. Yeah, nice. I like it. I it's new. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. new. I like that. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that was, see, that's, that's, that's being, you know, using GIFs. That's how we talk to each other yeah, now, yeah. through using GIFs. So yeah. kind of put, putting into practice some of the stuff we're doing. So what I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks is taking loads of our work, producing case studies for the website, a page that defines the campaign, um, and having those on the site because that will increase our SEO. And that will also mean when brands come and look at our site, you know, they might say, right, we're, we're a toothpaste company. And um, have they got any examples of similar content to toothpaste brands? Mm. And if they see, literally, that's how brands often buy agencies. They go, have you done this before? Was it successful? Do we like the look of it? Yeah, okay, my boss isn't going to kill me if I hire you and it goes terribly wrong because I can say, look, they did a good job for um aquafresh yeah you know yeah. What i mean yeah nice. so i'm gonna be doing that mate i'm gonna be doing that and um yeah anyone um anyone at home you know we're all we're all going through the same thing at the minute it's it's pretty desperate you know we're, we're in a it might look rosy and, and great here but um you know we're very worried as a business um and um we've been through recessions before we've been through tough times even in recent years and we're confident that we can just hibernate uh, work on our upskilling ourselves and work on our content and get through it, you know. Nice. And it's, you know, it's it's keeping busy and, and doing stuff like the podcast and trying to give back to the the ecosystem as you're doing. So thanks for having me on. Really appreciate Pleasure. it, mate. It's been interesting. Pleasure. Has it has, has has it changed the way everything that's happening at the minute? Has it changed the way that you do work? Is it has it been a reset button for the company, or what's what's happening? Yeah. In some ways, it has, um, and in others, it hasn't at all. We're we're largely based. Um, a lot of our team are, are, are digital nomads. That we're we're, t we're highly skilled. Um, you know, a network of highly skilled people that that maybe work from home already. So that hasn't changed. We're just there's less work out there now because uh, brands don't want to advertise because they're they don't want to spend budgets that they mm. can use to employ their staff. You know, no one's spending uh, on media or creative because no one's buying at the minute. Everybody's shit scared, obviously. Mm. Um, and that just means that we've got people at home. In terms of how we're built up, we're largely, we spend a, a lot of time trying to limit our overheads. Overheads meaning um, rent, um, you know, fancy office locations, we don't go down that route. Um, Headcount, so a lot of our, um, a lot of our, a lot of our workforce 
um, are essentially freelancers, but mm. they work for us pretty much full time often. So we don't carry employees as such. Whilst I'm an employee and we do have some in the core team, um, at times like this, we're limited headcount, which means we don't have those overheads that can send us, um, you know, you want to avoid making anyone redundant. Um, but you, you also need to remain a company that's uh, profitable. And it only takes, as we've learned in the past, it only takes a few months of, you know, not much work and having a high headcount, you know, at the end of each month, everyone's got to get paid. Yeah. Um, and you have massive cash flow issues. Mm. So it's another lesson in cash flow for us. Um, and it's another lesson in uh, not having all your eggs in one basket, you know, diversifying. So one of our major clients is, is a, a, an ad agency. It's probably 60% of our turnover in Australia. Um, as a, a worldwide ad agency, a group, they've decided to not use suppliers, to not use even freelancers in order to keep their own staff, as they should, employed. Because they've got in-house teams that do what we do. Um, you know, they, they use us globally because, you know, we do it better and we're more efficient than the, the teams that they've got in-house, which is often the case. Or we're specialists in certain fields. But quite rightly, their CEO in France has said, we're not going to do it through the COVID period and maybe beyond for some for a period in order to keep everyone employed within the business. Yeah. We're not going to work with any suppliers. So the switch went off overnight. We lost 60 to 70 percent of stuff, ongoing projects that we're working on, got pulled, everything, wow. you know. So don't have your eggs all in one basket was a great business lesson. Um, mm. Often easier said than done because... While you're working for, uh, while the, the team are busy working for a, a client, um, you don't necessarily have enough time in the day to start a new business agenda, looking for more clients. Yeah. But what, we, what businesses must always do is exactly that. You know, either employ somebody, a new business development person, or even part-time, they can work from home to constantly to trying to push that envelope, trying to get more clients, trying to diversify. So that if one goes, you know, you haven't got all your eggs in one basket. So using this time now to re-strategize about as a business, how we can offer more services, how, you know, what's next? Mm. You know, what's next? Is it um, a completely different agency model whereby brands pay you know, subscription-based or, um, you know, um, are, is it going to move back to the traditional sense of an agency wins the client and works for them for a number of years instead of that project-by-project project approach I was talking about before? Um, we're kind of looking at what's next. As, as we all get used to working from home, mm. our competitors um, who aren't as agile as we are because we work from home on an hourly basis they're going to start doing exactly what we're doing. So, you know, there's going to be more competition around that section that we fit quite nicely into, mm. which is being agile, being from home, clients can contact us. We can literally jump onto a brief within about an hour. We work 24 hours a day because our team are all over the world. Mm. You know, it's, it's, um, that's going to become the norm and, that's not going to be our USP anymore, our unique selling point to clients. So 
man, it's uh, it will keep you up at night thinking about it. But um, yeah, so it should. You know, it's uh, it's about diversifying and and um, and not resting on your laurels. You know, from a you know boiling you know just absolutely boiling that down to my own personal perspective, personal situation even. Um, yeah. It's like that assets and liabilities income stream it's like all of a sudden having been a, a relatively busy second ad the industry shuts down it's like where is your income stream coming from yeah so it's it's been a it's been a reset personally speaking as well so you know those kind of the things that you're talking about from a business perspective i might start kind of trying to think about how that can boil itself down to a person who, you know, oh, say like yeah. some of your people that, that can work from home, you know, but they work for one company. Can they be doing other things? Can they, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's for me, it's a massive, massive reset. It's like, yeah, a big, like sure. okay, it's just, you, you just on this chuggernaut of, okay, I've always wanted to be on a, on a film set. What now happens now that this has happened yeah. and everyone's just sitting at home, the podcast yeah. has kept me sane talking to lovely yeah. people like you has been amazing. Um, and I just, I think that the world is having a reset and yeah, unfortunately sure. some businesses aren't going to come through this just because yeah. they, they were living day to day. But luckily companies like yourself that have got the massive big global help can just, just make a few tweaks. So like yeah. just all the best, just big love. Thanks dude. You know, big love. Yeah, yeah. Um, any plans for this evening then? Or is it just chilling in? I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in that it's it's not summer here, but it's it's been really nice. It's kind of, um, I guess it's autumn technically, mm. um, but it's it's still light. I might go for a walk. You know, exactly like you're saying now, it just made me think having a time, having this time to reset and, and actually think is so important. Mm. You know, I'll often, I've learned fairly recently that I'm just crap after concentrating on something for, because my day's often bitty and that gives me kind of a bit of clarity and time to think in between stuff. But being at home and doing, I guess, deep work, the importance to take a step back and go for a walk and what can happen when you go for a walk or a run for creativity or, or thinking through something strategically or resetting like you're talking about and looking at the bigger perspective is amazing so i think i'm going to probably do that i'm going to go for a walk and um you know i guess run through what we've just been talking about and and defrag a little bit and um it's been awesome i've really enjoyed it mate thanks very Dude, much it's been ages since we've spoken for this long it's given me like really good excuses to kind of talk to old friends and people that I haven't kind of touched base, you know, it's like, yeah, we WhatsApp and it's how are you, yeah, thing, but timed frames of, you know, yeah. and, and and also it's teaching me that, you know, I can do this, this can happen. Whereas I'd be like, yeah. oh, it lives in out in Australia, I can't get in touch because we know that it's like, no, actually it can yeah, happen. Point. Look, this is it. It's this easy. It doesn't, you know, yeah. it's just, it's totally. really put the importance to, and whereas we're all just trying to survive now, this whole, self lockdown or well not self lockdown but semi-imposed lockdown is yeah. happening it's 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 nice because it's it's given us all time to kind of do things and 
and reach out to and just reassess network. and reach out to mates so yeah look yeah. thank you so much ladies and gents i hope you had a, a lovely time enjoying this um one for just old friends reconnecting but two if you want to get into the the ad side um do what chris has said hit those people up use this time now to go on linkedin find those people that might be able to give you a job and get creative hitting them up don't just send them a bog standard email with your with their name spelt wrong and you know a yeah. list of things that you've done be creative start a website use this time now to just upskill so yeah. big love thank you so much brother um ladies and, and gentlemen any questions christopher.gregson at space66.com hit me up email sweet. i'll put it in the bio so go awesome. down or swipe left or swipe right wherever the bio is for you um hit them up with an email if you've got a question at space 66 australia follow them there's going to be a load of great stuff coming out in the next couple of days couple of weeks couple of months um and until we meet again ladies and gents that is a wrap thanks everyone have a good day mate look after yourself so that was a chat with the king or queen in the game i give it a shout at the end so you all know the name it's the film gods podcast the what the film god podcast